Thank you for tuning in. Before you start listening to my conversation with Ryan, I would like to invite you to just be aware of this present moment. And we can do that together by pausing and taking a deep breath through your nose and out through your mouth. Two more times. Great. I hope you find what you're looking for in this podcast. Enjoy! Hi, welcome back to my podcast, Meditate with Samara. The intention of this podcast is to share stories, to share values on how you can improve your quality of life by inviting guests that are amazing and have stories to tell. And I'm so excited to introduce to you the guest for today, Ryan Fix, on the topic of cultivating connection through contentment. So to introduce Ryan a bit, and he will introduce himself to you more, Ryan Fix is the founder of Pure, an institute focused on building nurturing communities. He is also the co-founder of CoLive, the industry association for the co-living sector. His experiments in community building over the past two decades have been recognized as precursors for both the co-working and co-living movements. In sum, Ryan's work aims to foster a culture of authentic human connection. You can learn more about Ryan's work at pureproject.org. The link will be in the podcast description. So welcoming Ryan to this podcast. Hi, Ryan. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for wanting to be on this podcast. It's such a pleasure to connect with you and talk to you about this. Absolutely. Ryan, to start, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your story and why we're sharing here today? Mm, Well, I will keep it short. I've been on the planet for a little while. So I had uh, a near-death experience when I was 12, which changed the course of my life quite unexpectedly. I was uh, in an Olympic training program as a gymnast from five years old and was uh, had my heart set on going to the Olympics. And then at 12, discovered that I had a brain tumor and I needed to have an immediate brain surgery. Uh, at the time, it was an experimental surgery. And um, during the surgery, I had a near-death experience, uh, which impacted me quite significantly. And so at the tender age of 12, I knew that I was here for a purpose and that I had experienced a miracle and I wanted to know what my purpose was and I was only 12 years old and so I used the techniques that I had learned as a professional gymnast which were primarily visualization to visualize performing the routine with perfection before performing it and I applied this technique to visualizing what was my purpose uh, essentially what was the um, what were the things that I was good at what were the things that I really enjoyed doing and what added maybe the most value in the world and um, and what I came to was helping my friends make their dreams come true 
and it came in a really kind of spiritual and profound way where I definitely knew it was my purpose. And so I built a life plan around that. Um, and at 14, my plan was make a bunch of money and retire young. But by the time I was 26, I couldn't continue on that path. And my intention was with this money, I was going to invest in my friend's dreams. Um, but I had built a successful career in real estate and previous to that in finance on Wall Street and was quite miserable and had a burnout at 26, just feeling very overwhelmed, very anxious, and needed to tap into my purpose. Um, and so after a sabbatical, I just started helping different friends make their projects a reality. And, um, and over years of experimentation of supporting friends and connecting them with whatever resources they, um, they needed to, to make their ideas happen in the world, it started to be reflected back to me that I was building community because through all these connections, um, community was starting to emerge around me. And so eventually I became really interested in how do you build community? How do you build nurturing community? And started to look at the qualities that um, that I was that I held organically as part of my personality, and how I could help other people to build nurturing community. And ultimately, what I realized is that connection is at the core, authentic human connection. And so, a lot of my thinking and now teaching is on this topic of how do you design for connection? How do you how do you create nurturing environments? that invite more authentic human connection. So that's a short summation of how I've arrived at this point. Thank you, Ryan, for sharing your story and being vulnerable and also courageous by writing your story through your book. I had such a pleasure of reading, not all of it yet, but really it made me felt connected through your experiences because that's how, at least right now, I understand what connection is. One of the ways is to also see the pain and experiences of other people and feel that there is a connection there. What do you define as authentic human connection? Mm. Uh, I believe it starts with ourself. I believe that, and when I say believe, it's a felt experience that brings this knowing to me. And so, uh, and so it's my experience that connection is a feeling of wholeness. It's a feeling of feeling like we belong here on earth, that, um, that we don't have to earn that right. Uh, just by being born, we are here, we're connected. We are part of this organism that we call earth. Um, and, uh, while we're, uh, separate and unique, we're part of a much larger whole. And, uh, and so this for me is the big connection and it's a feeling and it's an experience. It's not something in the mind. Um, and from that place, uh, we can start to develop authentic connections with others. Uh, and, it's an ex that's an experience of vulnerability 
um, which I believe is the ultimate expression of strength or of power is vulnerability. And so it kind of turns that paradigm on its head. Um, and we can do that when we can uh, be vulnerable, when we feel that we are whole and complete and, or said another way, good enough or said another way, content. I see. Okay. So I'm seeing more of the connection now through being and feeling connected, being vulnerable. And then also we have to be content with ourselves first. I want to also ask you, in your experience, you've said you've had a lot of experience through your life, your journey. What has been the problem with achieving that sense of contentment or even connection in today's world? In today's world, thinking of the most concise way to say this, in today's world, so much of our attention is pulled into our energy, is pulled into our head. And, um, and therefore it becomes in a way out of balance or out of harmony or out of alignment with our body and spirit. And when our attention is in our head, is predominantly in our head, our sense of identity and our sense of worth comes from, from our perception of how we're being received by the world. It's ultimately coming from a place of, of fear or scarcity, because this is the, you know, this is in my, in my opinion, it's the expression of the hyperactive ego. So ego is not a good or a bad thing. Um, it's the mind's impression of who it is. But when it's hyperactive, when there's an imbalance of energy in the mind um, it's always looking for validation and when you when you when you add fuel to the fire with things like social media and a predominant relationship with our devices um, uh, the oversaturation of information creates overwhelming anxiety and disconnection mm. yeah that's really interesting because I've read somewhere, uh, I can't properly quote it now, but I have it in my head. It's how we think who we are is how we think people think of who we are. And that resonates similarly to what you just said. And it's, it's kind of illusionary. Don't you think when we think ourselves disconnected in that way? And the question next becomes, how can we, you know, overcome this feeling of who we are as a person to be authentic and content with who we are first. So we're not always in this noise or overwhelmed with outside stimulations of information and social media and things like that, because that can be something that young people all around the world are experiencing more and more, especially with the pandemic and the, the lockdown being predominantly inside and stuck with their devices. What do you think of that, Ryan? Well, I, I do think that a device is a tool uh, and it can be used in many different ways. Could be used for setting an alarm to wake up. It could be used to read a book. 
and and now it can be used for you know for art for drawing for any number of things it's just it's a digital platform so um so i don't think a d the device is inherently um good or bad it's how it's being used but to answer your question more specifically i believe that um that this is achieved by moving the energy back down into our bodies. And, uh, and so those for me are embodiment practices. Now that could be anything from yoga to meditation, to breath work, to taking a run on the beach, um, to any number of things, but that could for other people be writing a book or painting a painting or any number of things they can do in their home during lockdown. Um, it does take some discipline because you know uh, just on the on the on the conversation of devices the their design or you know these you know these social platforms they're designed to pull our attention so it does require some discipline discipline to um, to not allow ourselves to be absorbed by by them or quick dopamine hits, but in the long term, it run it it drains our, our adrenal system, and, and we're left feeling overwhelmed, anxious, and sometimes depressed. Yeah, I resonate with what you said. I've had experiences where try to get that dopamine hit from you know likes and suffer through that, and then I felt miserable. I took like a few weeks off of social media and really centered myself through embodiment practice, as you said, more exercising, more connection authentically in person. And I felt great. And then my relationship with social media can change because it's, as you say, it's a tool depending on how we choose to use it. So that is a great reminder for all of us and I'm sure for the people who are listening right now as well. Mm. I also want to dive in deeper with the topic of contentment because you mentioned that earlier. How can one be content in the days right now when there are so many things we can compare ourselves to? Like, how do we even start with being content? Uh, appreciating the simple things. Like gratitude, appreciating the simple things. Do you have any? Yeah. Uh, cuddling with uh, my cat. Appreciating that. Uh, that connection that we have, um, a frangipani pedal that lands on my scooter. And when I come out to jump on my scooter, it's sitting there waiting for me. Um, and just the, you know, the noticing and the appreciation of that, appreciation of all the beautiful colors uh, here in Bali that I get to live around, um, the smiles of, the Balinese people as I pass on my scooter. So many things. And it is also, it starts with a discipline of, you know, recognizing those little things, but eventually it becomes automatic. Thank you for sharing. I have a huge smile on my face just listening to all the things that you're appreciative. So I find it's not something that you can just do on your own, but when you share it to other people and then you get to realize, oh yeah, there are many things that um, we can be 
grateful and content about for those small things. As you mentioned as well, it requires some self-discipline. So what would be the first step for someone who usually don't do a gratitude practice or even appreciate or step back and so glued to whatever they're doing, their work on the laptop or their phone? What would be like the first step you'd encourage someone who's listening right now? Start the first thing you wake up. Before the mind is active and running, it's like a machine. And once it's going, it's hard to slow it down or switch gears. That's my experience. So when I start first thing in the morning, like for me, I have my own practice. But when I wake up in the morning, I start by uh, connecting with my breath and doing some stretching. And in a way, it's very organic. Um, but there is also a discipline that's been built over the years to do that to the point where I just I really love and enjoy it. That kind of connects me more with my body. And then, uh, and then I start to notice that I'm feeling really good, that I'm enjoying the, the feeling of my sheets against my skin. And then, yeah, and then it just kind of starts to roll where I, I'm like, oh, I look out the wind or I look out outside and I, you know, I hear the birds chirping and I notice how nice that is. And so I think it's just, it's, 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 a, it's a gentle, subtle thing where it's like just starting to notice and just feel like just putting the attention on the positive feelings uh, first thing in the morning and just starting to build the muscle that way. Um, another thing is to, uh, is to start to pay attention to uh, my breath and notice when I'm holding my breath Thing consciously connected to my breath because that brings me more into the present and when I'm in the present it's much easier to notice the the beautiful things that uh, are around me hmm. I love that thank you similar to to what I do a bit right now in the morning and it does take time and practice especially there were periods where I had my phone in my bed and the first thing that you reach is the phone. My, what I reach was the phone. And then my day just got completely cramped in the first one minute that I'm awake. But there is a subtle shift by just noticing our breath or noticing our state and maybe adjusting as you go in the first hour. It really changed the um, the day, at least for me. So I really agree with, with what you shared as well. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. To go a little bit deeper um, into the uh, aspect of feeling connected, when we are mm -hmm. finding contentment in the small things, how would you bridge that into a feeling of more connection to other people? You did say that, that there's more connection to your body, there's more connection to nature, but how can we start cultivating that as, you know, the connection we have with other people that we truly need right now uh, in the time like this? Yeah, it's, um, it's in a way a little bit of a dance and like that question, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Mm -hmm. um, because oftentimes I find that connection to other helps to build a deeper connection with myself. Uh, and the deeper connection with myself builds a deeper connection with, with others. Um, and 
another thing that I've noticed is that when I feel good in my own body, when I feel safe in my own body, content in my own body, um, in myself, it's said another way, I, uh, I can connect, I can be vulnerable, I can be myself, I can connect authentically with others with so much more ease. And even people that I've never felt before, uh, I've never connected with before, I can feel this connection with. Um, and so, yeah, so I feel like the foundation is connection with self, but as, as we start to connect with others in more authentic ways, and we feel more of ourselves through that connection, it builds like new pathways and new muscles emotional muscles to go deeper with each new connection so beautifully said that's, that's really yeah yeah something that is you know within our power and we can start to cultivate little by little and maybe find the benefit even if not right now but even more later so i really like that concept thank you for sharing ryan thank you thank you and uh, one of the things that probably I want to kind of cap or end this, this episode with is asking you if you have any advice to the young, majorly Indonesian people who are listening to this podcast, who I have talked to with most, that they feel the lack of understanding of themselves and of others. So they lack connections to the self and others. And what would you advise the, the people who are listening here to start into this journey again of contentment? I know it's a bit repetitive, but as final last words, Ryan, if that would be great. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I would say that, and this is not entirely unique to, to Indonesia, um, but I would say that so much of the societal pressure uh, is about, you know, is about achieving. And this, uh, while the intention um, to want to grow and achieve um, is positive, uh, if we look at the world today, it's um, it's become too extreme and too out of balance, and this this uh, this pressure is creating a lot of anxiety and overwhelm, and it's not leading to happier lives. And there is there is another way, and. I can say not only for myself, but for those in my peer group, that um, that by connecting with ourselves and developing a relationship with ourselves and finding a place of contentment, that life can unfold in an effortless and beautiful way and in ways that are miraculous and inspiring to us. And so by, by surrendering, by letting go of all of that pressure, um, there, is a, um, 
there is a design to life that I've experienced where it wants to conspire in our favor. It wants us to grow and succeed if we allow it. It's actually our resistance to it that keeps us held in our place. And so um, it takes practice and trust and taking small steps. Um, But just know that this way that society has taught us to be and to achieve um, is not the only way. Beautiful message. Thank you for sharing, Ryan. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your story with us. It's truly a pleasure to be talking to you here and outside of the podcast, but really it's, it's a great connection. I'm really grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity and time, and I look forward to collaborating more in the future. Yes. And before we end, I would love to do this segment that I, that I do with my other guests. It's called Quick Fire Round Questions, Ryan. I have a selection of words that I read from your book that I felt resonated with how uh, you show yourself through the book. And I would love to say these words and you can say a word back after I say them. I have five words. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the first word, community. Connection. Perfect. Second, harmony. Alignment. Third word, surrender. Let go. A fourth word, human. Trust. And the fifth word, abundance. Expansion. That's great. That's so good, Ryan. Yay. I love that. that. Those are really, really beautiful first words that are coming up so thank you Mm. for sharing thank you (laughs) and for the listeners uh out here that are interested to know more of your work where can they reach you other than pureproject.org can you share a little bit well through our website we have all of our different social media channels um, but our instagram is welcome to pure and our Facebook is, handle is Pure Project. Uh, and then, you know, I also have um, I also have a podcast as well as uh, a, a medium blog as well. That's amazing. All of that can be found on the website. Great. Well, make sure that the website is the main place for people to connect and to see your work with Pure as well. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Ryan, for your time. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you so much for everyone who has been listening up until this point. I hope that you found something that is inspiring through Ryan's stories, Ryan's sharing today here, talking about cultivating connection through contentment. And hopefully you can start to do at least one thing after listening to this podcast that can improve that and see how that shift can improve your well-being because that is, again, the intention of this podcast. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste.